show starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Electricity here in Columbia. Well, it's been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd, and Wooden Price Stadium is second to none. And the rain breaks out in Columbia. It is good! Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Touchdown, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! Can you believe it? Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert, Bill Molinax, My wife doesn't like hanging around losers, and Jamie Bradford. I'm telling you, you look like you joined It is Memorial Day weekend. Greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard Inside the Gamecocks, the show, live from the Sinorama Studios and built by the Barn Dominium Co., the Barndominiumco.com. 
for more information to build your dream home for as low as $160 per square foot in the Carolinas, Georgia, or in Tennessee. Uh, obviously, baseball is certainly going to be one of the main topics today. Stuart Lake is coming up at 1120. Uh, Chris Phillips will be here at 12 o'clock as well. But JC, Phil, and I uh, will certainly use our time on the air today. We won't be on the air on Monday for Memorial Day. Uh, to honor those who gave their lives in sacrifice of our nation, um, because that is more important than all the other crap that we could bitch and moan about over the next two hours. It's it's amazing. It's something I've thought about this forever, guys. Um, you say Happy Memorial Day. It's not happy for a lot of people. You know, they get to Monday and they look back at their families and those who gave the ultimate sacrifice for. We, us getting to stare into a camera every day and talk about sports. You know, these guys are over there fighting for whatever it is that we all as individuals believe in, and they've been doing this forever. And I know um, if any of you in our audience who are live with us, we know there's plenty of you that are live, uh, if, you, if you have anybody in your family or a friend or anything like that that has lost their lives in sacrifice of our nation and its freedom, uh, put their name in our chat box and we'll make sure that we give them a special thank you over the next couple of hours because that's what really matters. And uh, on Monday, as we're all, you know, maybe having a beverage in the boat or at the beach or at the pool or wherever you may be, uh, hopefully at least take a, a moment to reflect that there was somebody somewhere uh, who was seeing this earth for the last time so you could do that. And And hopefully we'll all remember that over the next forever because that's what matters so with that said good morning phil and good morning to jc good morning good morning yeah i had a tough time getting through that video (laughs) (laughs) always man it just rip rip your heart out man it's just awesome but yeah so thankful for the sacrifice of so many uh in our nation to to allow us like you said the freedoms that we have now and uh yeah just ever grateful I mean, you yeah. live in Chicago, JC. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we have the freedom to ruin our major cities and, uh, and, and do it how we want. But, but that's part of it. You know, the, as mad as I was about that, and most people with common sense were mad <clears throat> about how the mayoral election went. That's part of living in this country. The, the people decide and the people voted and they spoke right or wrong, you know. And I, I think, you know, there's been a lot of poor choices across the country, uh, you know, politically. But the bottom line is this is the greatest country on earth. Uh, we enjoy freedoms uh, here that, that other societies don't, even as, as democratic as the European Union likes to pretend it is. If you ever, like, look into some of the actual laws over there and people going to jail for, you know, saying mean things and, and stuff. I mean, that, that would never happen in America. Hopefully it never does. And um, I'm thankful for that. And everybody that did give uh, the, made the ultimate sacrifice. You know, I don't, you know, I was kind of fortunate, you know, with my family because, you know, growing up, you know, my parents aged, my aunts and uncles, people like that, they were in the Vietnam era where they had a draft. And uh, uh, unfortunately on my mom's side, uh, my grandfather died when she was 12 and my uncle at the time was uh, 19, 20, was draftable. 
but because of that unfortunate death, he, he did not have to go to Vietnam. My dad uh, was in the Army. He was a Green Beret. And by the time he got, you know, through his training and stuff, uh, they were kind of winding it down, the Vietnam War. Uh, and so it was, it was real simple. They lined him up in a line, and they said, you go, you stay. You go, you stay. And my dad told the story he was stay. And his buddy that was standing next to him got killed within five minutes of combat, starting combat operations in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've been fortunate I haven't, haven't lost anybody. My grandfather fought in World War II. Um, one of them did on my mom's side. and uh, But just uh, always have had nothing but the, the deepest respect for anybody that serves our country in the military. Um, my brother, Jason, who's actually his birthday today. Happy birthday, Jake, uh, who's a pilot. He did four yeah. years in the Army. Um, his wife fought in Iraq, or ex-wife fought in Iraq, uh, you know, and uh, he, uh, I've always been very proud of him for that. And that kind of helped him set his course for his career as a pilot and, and his life. And so uh, I think even from that standpoint, you know, you're grateful for the military because, uh, it'll ends up being a very big positive for a lot of people, you know, in their lives, you know, going and, and, and learning that discipline and, and honor uh, and all that. So, you know, I, I'm all for Memorial Day. I, I know out there in the world these days, patriotism sometimes is looked upon as not cool. Uh, but uh, if yeah, we're not, not in my cool, world. Hey, look, on this, on this show, we're, here. <laughs> none of us are cool here anyway, so yeah, I don't give a that. damn. I mean, yeah, somebody's I don't got give an issue. Yeah. Somebody's got ever, thinks, ever an issue with that. Anybody has a problem with it here, I don't give yeah. a fly, fiddler's foo about that, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not we're anywhere be, where I, I am, never. If, if it's uncool, we're going to be uncool, okay, yeah, here on the 4th right. of July, whatever. Of course, and I know we've got a lot of patriotic people that listen, and we thank you, and people in the military that listen, that are stationed all over the world that listen to this show that are Gamecocks and just yep. thank you for your service uh, from the bottom of our heart as we, we, we reflect upon those that gave it all here on Memorial Day. Yeah, no question. Uh, Dylan in the chat box said, uh, rest in peace, Sergeant Leandro Jasso. I, I, Dylan, if I get any of these incorrect, please correct me. Uh, Sergeant Cam Medoc, Medoc, Medoc I'm, sure, I'm sure, and Sergeant uh, Tommy McFarland. McPherson, McPherson, uh, Rangers from Fort Lewis, Washington. Uh, Jamie said, um, let me try that again, Dylan. Let, let's, let's do their names justice here. Leandro Jasso, Cam Medic, and Sergeant Tommy McPherson, uh, Rangers from Fort Lewis, Washington. Uh, Jamie said his grandfathers were badly wounded in World War II and both honestly should have died in that war. Um, they were half the men they were after that. And his father and mother were not born yet. So, um, yeah, it's uh, and and I agree with you, Clint. Yeah, the older you get, this the the more that it matters. Yeah, it's uh, I was taught very young in my life in my family that this is what matters first uh, in the United States. When you see a veteran, and there are so many of them in the great state of South Carolina um, who retire here or grow up here or whatever it is, or but they they're, they're all over the place. You see one, you see that hat on, you know, it doesn't matter where you are, Chick-fil-A, gas station, wherever, say thank you to those guys. You know, just walk up, and that's all they ever care about. They don't want you to buy them meals, and you know, they don't want to sit there and talk about it all. 
you know, but somebody just tapping them on the shoulder and saying, hey, I appreciate you. Thank you. That goes a long way. And a lot of these guys, what I think we've learned as um, JC, as uh, time has gone on, is that, um, you know, they, these, like, historically, and I was brought up this way, I'm sure I know y'all were as well, rub some dirt on it and get back out there, you know, with anything in life. If you fell down on the playground, uh, if you get, you know, you playing baseball, you got hit in the head with a pitch, rub some dirt on it, get back out there. You know, Shake these guys who, you know, World War One, World War Two, Vietnam, wherever it may be, um, you can you can continue to list them. They got hit with a bullet, and it was plug it up and get back out there, right? You know, rub some dirt on it. You know, we'll figure it out later. But there's bullets flying, and we got to figure this thing out. And um, I think as time has gone on, we have found that a lot of these people would cover up their their problems or their issues or you know whether it's PTSD or whatever it may be from the time that they spent serving the country and um just a simple thank you would would turn their day around you you never knew I'm thinking about how many veterans take their own lives which is I think one of the you talk about statistics all the time people argue about stuff that is is a lot of it it's not made up at all but it's it's pushed as an agenda politically, right? On both sides of things all the time. Veterans who signed up to serve and protect are killing themselves. And that's not a main topic in this country. These are our most valuable assets. So, you know, what I'm saying is you never know when just saying thank you to somebody might take them a lot further than you could imagine. Somebody just recognized their service. You might not have any idea. That guy might have saved 20 people from getting blown up in a vehicle over in Afghanistan. Yeah. You don't know his story or her story. And um, and so I always have found great pride in just saying thank you. Don't know who you are. Hope you have a wonderful day. But whatever you did prior to this, we really appreciate it. And, um, and uh, certainly those who lost their lives, which is what Memorial Day is in remembrance of, uh, there is nothing better than, than thank you and thank you to their families. Because that's uh, that's all they've got left on on Earth right now. Absolutely, and it's yeah. uh, one of the things. <clears throat> you know, we have an election coming up here in two years, and one of the things I'm going to be really looking at closely uh, is fixing the VA, fixing our services for veterans. I think mm-hmm. you know the government pours a lot of money into a lot of things, and it seems like those guys get kind of shortchanged a lot, and um, I think that's wrong. So. Yeah, um, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not telling you who I'm going to vote for. I'm talking about both parties, both uh, both primaries, Congress, whatever. But uh, you know, that's something that means a lot to me. That I I don't. I for the life of me, I don't understand how the folks in Washington can't get that right uh, on both sides. I mean, just get it right. I mean, you 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 spend so. I mean, if it were uh, senators and congressmen, health care, you bet your ass they'd get it right, right? Sure. Um, and they just, just don't. And so, uh, I, uh, it sucks. Jan, Jan puts Jan's echo in my point here. My most hated neglect by Washington, both parties is the lack of respect and treatment of our veterans across the country. And, and it's homeless. Yeah. yeah. So it's sad. 
But the sad, the sad part about that too is those that try to portray themselves as homeless veterans, you know, and they're asking for money and they never even left their mom's basement except for to go out and stand yeah. on the street corner. You know, it's it's such disrespect for for the. And then there really are people like that. I'm not, I'm not saying there aren't, but I'm I'm saying you know there's so much disrespect. But that won't happen here. Uh, and um, and so you know today every day if you're a veteran on this show. Like if you watch us or listen to us and you're active duty or you're a veteran or maybe you have future service coming up or you've got a, somebody in your family or whatever, you, you anytime, it doesn't matter what our topic is, anytime, that chat box is yours. You tell us you're a veteran. Uh, tell us that you have served. Tell us that you are serving. Tell us that your father, we will stop what we're doing and we will tip our cap to you at all times, no matter what guest is on here, anytime, um, because that matters. And uh, we say thank you to those that will remember uh, this Memorial Day weekend. And um, and uh, don't know how else to say it. Jackie, uh, another one here, uh, Jackie's best friend in high school and at Carolina, Bobby Crumley, uh, who uh, lost his life uh, in service of our nation. So um, Jackie also says, my parents both lost family in different wars. And uh, Jackie's husband and father are proud uh, Navy vets. So. Uh, Jackie, thank you, and thanks for being with us, and our hearts go out to your family, of course, during Memorial Day weekend, but most importantly, thank you, thank them for their service uh, to our to our country. USC Seggy uh, says, uh, hell, well, now, wait a second. He's, he says, yeah, he's not in El Paso. <laughs> he's not in El Paso. He's in my favorite part of the world, uh, which we are, we're actually not far from heading back up there here, probably in a month or so, Maggie Valley, North Carolina. Well, eat, eat it, Joe. I, I tell you what, there's not many places more patriotic than Maggie Valley, and you, as, as you probably know. So uh, eat a pancake for me at Joey's and uh, have a drink down there at Bear Waters and, and, um, and, and enjoy the, the beautiful mountains this, this Memorial Day weekend. It sure is, sure is great up there. All right, um, we do need to step aside for a break, and uh, when we return, Coach Stuart Lake will jump in and join us. Carolina is out of the SEC tournament, home healing in advance of the regional next week. We'll find out Sunday night if they're hosting. We'll have that conversation and much more with him right here on this Memorial Day version of Inside the Gamecocks, this show from the Sinorama Studios. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance 
difference today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, all of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock-owned. Gamecock-operated. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Jakar Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show. Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show. First hour of the show presented to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Colwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call at 864-414-5271. She'll be happy to help you out with all your upstate residential real estate needs. And back on normal schedule this week on the McKellar Enterprises guest line, none other than Coach Lake. Coach, things didn't end up like we wanted to in Hoover, but, I mean, I guess there's some positive. We won a game for the first time in a long time. <laughs> but uh, yeah. bats went cold on the last two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's one of those, guys. It's We all know that that's part of the postseason. You're trying to create momentum. It's a weird tournament in a lot of ways is you play so many games and you start worrying about rest for your team. But, yeah, disappointing into it. But the fun part of the season is upon us, so hopefully – get a good selection and get things going here on Monday to get ready for that part of the season. Yeah, no question, coach. I mean, they, uh, all right, so let's just start there. It, it, had they won an extra game, I don't think we would even need to have a conversation. 40 wins in the SEC before, before you get into the, the, the tournament all but guarantees you a host, honestly. Uh, but they're not there. They're, they're a little, they're one win shy of that. So, what are you watching this weekend, or do you know yet what you're watching this weekend that could affect them getting a host position, or do you think that they've got one? I'm not sure. I, I do feel the SEC is going to get seven. I don't yeah. know if y'all just looked. As at some point this morning, D1 Baseball came out with their 64 this morning, and South Carolina was on the road at Boston College. Right. And that would match you up with the Arkansas Super Regional winner in that regard but you know they all in that one they had Auburn hosting they had Kentucky hosting and 
I really think it's going to come down to Sunday, just seeing how these other conferences shake out. The Big 12 kind of felt coming out of gate, maybe all three of their co-regular season champions may be in that hosting, and then they lose some games. Um, I, I'm not I'm not sure yet. I still, if you made me today say yes or no on hosting, I'd say yes. I just still feel that you're still in that mix because I don't feel like um, Kentucky or, you know, in a lot of ways Tennessee and Auburn went into that and did much more than South Carolina did in the SEC tournament, in my opinion. So I think it'll be interesting to see how other teams finish up more than trying to figure out how we finished up. Well, I'm with you on that. I, I think that Southern Miss has now entered the chat uh, the way that they've been wrapping up the end of their season. They're on fire, so they're a team that we need to keep an eye on going into the weekend, Coach. Um, yes, the latest ones that just came out, Indiana State in there is the 16 seed, Oklahoma State in there is the 15 seed, Oklahoma State. They're pretty much doing this day-to-day now, D1 is, based on the results yeah. of the day. So it kind of, I think, shows you – what's going on, that this is now no longer in South Carolina's hands. This is in the hands of everybody that surrounds the Gamecocks. I um, the I think one of the conversations that was being had, Coach, and this is really where I want to get into it with you, and, and Kingston said it yesterday, and he's 100% right, regardless of the team name, whether it's South Carolina or Tennessee or whomever, we're either getting the, the best 16 in or we're not. Like, that's really what it comes down to. Nobody in any league, let's eliminate the SEC. Let's say this was about the Pac-12. Then the Pac-12 had eight or nine of the best 16 teams in the country. Then they would deserve eight or nine hosts. I, I mean, the, the the days of trying to space things out geographically, I think, are gone. They should be gone, Coach. So your thoughts on that and having the conversation versus who's the best against – how many teams should we allow in from certain leagues? Yeah, I get frustrated in my years when I was coaching the SEC. When you're not in the SEC, you get frustrated the other way when you see they're going to get eight or maybe nine hosts. So that that's the problem. I haven't bared down on the committee. I don't know who's on it in that regard of is it a West Coast heavy committee? Is it a Big 12? Is it all Southeast? But I agree with Coach Kingston in the fact that I don't think they sit around when they're picking the 64 or whatever it is now, 66 for basketball and try to figure out what we can send them to this regional, that regional. So I hope, and and we all know it used to be, we got to put a regional here to keep travel minimum. And I hope that's no longer a subject, but it does get frustrating for the SEC when you're putting so much into all 14 programs. If the eight teams are good enough to host a regional, let them host a regional. Right. Because the experience is supposed to be a student-athlete experience. And I can promise you, you go on to any of the SEC um, campuses and the host for a regional, you're going to have a great regional. Mm-hmm. So I hope that that's considered in a sense of you know people are going to show up, whether their team's playing or their team loses. You know, So I just there's just so much that goes on in those meetings that we're not privileged to. What I can tell you is when I was at Charleston Southern, for six of my eight years, I was on the Atlantic Regional Committee. I was selected as the head coach, to, and it started about six weeks ago where we would meet, you know, phone call meet twice a week for six weeks. And then at this point of year, we would be in actual person or Zoom calls, whatever allowed to be. 
And we just sat in there all the time. No one mentioned rankings. Mm-hmm. There was not one time somebody said, when I was obviously fighting for Coastal, Liberty, Campbell were our three teams at that time are trying to fight for. No one ever said, what are they ranked? All they kept bringing up was, what is their RPI? What is their strength of schedule? And how are they finishing? Those were the three numbers that kept coming up. And to be honest with you, the one that is hurting the Gamecocks a little bit right now, how did they finish up? Seemed to get louder and louder as we got closer to selection time. RPI was the first thing. RPI is like in, in in the college football when those CF the rankings come out, you know, about halfway through the year, and they just forget every other ranking. Well, that's what RPI became about six weeks left in the season. Then you'd still bring up the strength of scheduling, but it kind of was phased into RPI anyway. Then it just became all right. What have they done their last ten games? Yep. You know, I, I remember vividly if y'all do. Campbell got left out one year. I thought Campbell should have been in. They had like forty some wins. Well, they then went back and said, well, their strength of schedule was weak. I know, but their RPI doesn't represent that. So we all know how numbers can be manipulated to whatever your agenda is. That year, the agenda was not to have two Big South teams because they wanted to make sure someone else got in. So Campbell got punished for not having the strongest schedule, even though they had won that year like 43 games. It was something incredible. So – I think the biggest thing that's going to hit the Gamecocks right now in that room, in my experience, is somebody fighting for their agenda that can now say, yeah, but let's look at their last 12 games. Let's Mm -hmm. look at their last 15 games. And that will be the only detriment. Because if you look at RPI, I mean. Oh, it's there. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, so. Can't argue it. Yeah. So it comes down again. But don't forget, they're human beings in that room. And every human being that walks has an agenda. And those guys are in there with one, too. I don't care how great they say they don't. They're in there with an agenda either for their conference or for a certain team. So I hope we've got a strong voice in there for us. I, I'm a little – last 12 games, Coach, not to cut you off there, JB, but no, no, no I was saying uh, how much is like the injury factor weighted in that in those discussions? Is that something that comes up often if it is applicable or is it yeah, just kind of lost over like, well, you know? Yeah. Well, when I was on the committee, I felt like Big South was who I had to take care of. But also I was the one that had put eyes on South Carolina. I'd put eyes on Clemson, you know, teams that weren't in mine. Because obviously the Atlantic region, that's who the main players were. Yes, it came up, and I made sure for the people I were in there representing, I knew every Monday at 8.30 we were having that meeting. Sunday night I was calling those coaches. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, tell me something you need to be heard. Even if it meant your best guy's coming back. You know, maybe your best arm has been out for six weeks and he's going to come back. I want to go in there and sell that. And obviously in South Carolina's situation – the injuries are a factor that you, whoever's representing the SEC and representing you, of course, that should be coming up and it will come up. Cause again, those guys in that room care about baseball too. That's the cool thing about the ultimate selection of these teams. They're baseball people in there and they understand what those mean. And they understand, I think we all just go back to last year. Ole Miss. I mean, I, I did the SOCON games yesterday. And I had forgotten that the team that felt like they got slighted the most was Walford. 
Wofford really felt they were an at-large last year. Greensboro beat them twice on the last day, but Wofford had great RPI, great record. Next thing you know, their name's not popping up. Ole Miss is, and Ole Miss is winning the national championship. So I think there will be people in there fighting. I know as a fan, and I, I didn't get to catch you all at the beginning, and I kind of got the last few minutes, and I want to say, too, to all our veterans, thank you, because I caught you all at the end of that, and that's what this weekend's for. But our fans need to realize no one remembers any games except your last two. So if you get on a roll like Ole Miss did last year, nobody remembers that they didn't think they were making the regional. They don't remember they were one and done at the SEC. They just remember you dog pop. So right now is the absolute coolest time of year in college baseball if you're a player or coach or fan because it it truly all starts over again on Monday. Yeah, I and you know there's a and I do want to actually talk to you about the baseball team here, Coach. But uh, there are just a couple of things to point out, some data points that that I find really interesting. Um, you know, again, South Carolina, they had opportunities to, of course, shut the shut the door on this conversation by by just winning one more game, yeah. and we wouldn't need to have it. But they haven't been able to do that. Um, but those that they are in contention with to maybe pick up a national seed, either by default or whether they earned it or, or, or not, um, you know, we'll have to see what happens throughout the weekend. Oklahoma State, of course, is one of those that is currently in there. If they win the Big 12 t- championship, it's probably going to be hard to, to bump them out. But, you know, when you look at it as it as it the data points, the data points here, you know, Oklahoma State. 13 wins in the in quad one. Well, Carolina's got 18. Indiana State is a 16 seed. They have two quad one victories, coach. They got eight quad twos, but they have two quad ones. And South Carolina's sitting there going, we have 18 of those. You mean to tell me that Sycamores, no, no disrespect to their program, A, are better, and B, would be a better host? No way. And and Carolina's got an argument when it comes to that as well. So, and I, I think, you know, again, we're, we're still 48 hours away. We have to let some things play themselves out. Like I said, Southern Miss can work their way into it, and teams can work their way out. Boston College, of course, is a, is a team that feels pretty good about it. Um, but the, even you look at their information, 13 and 13 in quad one, and they've got 35 wins. Well, 15 of those 35 are quad four wins. So, you know, there's a lot that can still can be decided over the next two days. Yeah, I also – Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. I also took the liberty of uh, says Terry Holt, Indiana, Larry Bird's home. Right, it's Very about awesome. four hours for me. So I'm like, I'm sitting there going, hmm. If the game cost gets sent there, I may get in the car and go go check it out. So I just took the liberty of looking at their ballpark and Boston College's ballpark, and I'm like, there's no comparison. Well, it was like a high school stadium. I've talked I mean, to Monty it, about playing at BC a few times. He said it's. It, yeah, I mean, BC was, built built a new facility a couple of years ago, like eighteen. They built a new facility, but man, it's I can't imagine picking. I mean, I mean, unless do you y'all know our geographic what, diversity, okay. are they hosting at their home site, or did they put in a pro park? Maybe who? Because I've looked at it too. BC and I guess Indiana State. I mean, is there a? I know, like Campbell has put in. I think it's Fayetteville. At the pro stadium yeah. at Fayetteville. Is that where they – I was wondering yeah. what they were. Yeah, okay. where are they going to yeah. do it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they um, – I don't know. You would have thought Bowie's Creek would have been the hotbed of where they wanted to be, but they're going to go to uh, <laughs> Fayetteville. Is what, that's what they put in with their bid as I talked to them. 
Well, I think Indiana State, Coach, um, I think they feel like their facility is sufficient enough. I haven't seen the bid, but um, I'm just pulling up Bob Warren Stadium, and it would probably have to – I don't know what the seat's here. I would would imagine 1,500 or – if I'm I'm just ballparking here. I'm looking at it. But um, it might have to be like the old days, Coach. Um, Shoot. Okay, there's 2,000. Oh, yeah, they'd be able to do it. They got 2,000 seats up there. And then yeah. they've got enough room. Like, the, you remember when you used to have to bring the bleachers in and did it at the Sarge? Yeah, did it at Sarge yeah. for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it seats 1,200, 1,200, but you got room for 2,000. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, who knows? I mean, I'm sure there's 2,000. I mean, I guess for basketball, they probably would get five to 10. So, 2,000 chair back and bleacher seats for fans is, yeah. uh, is yeah. at uh, Indiana well, State. Well, all right. So, all right, so with South Carolina, um, you mentioned the injury thing, and we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks as well because um, the the committee, the D- Division One baseball committee chair is John Cohen, who you know, John. He is yeah. as tied in as anybody, and he pays attention. Yeah. Um, so you're not going to slip a, a lot of stuff under the rug on John Cohen, who is a huge advocate for the SEC as well. Um, Which helps Auburn, by the way. It sure does. As yeah. you start, honestly, now you're down to who are we fighting against to host regionals. And... Well, and that was going to be my question. Like, would John Cohen fight for all of these teams, or would he what – do you, what do you think? John Cohen's no different than me and you on an all-star. You know the old all-star committee? Yeah. You got to go home and explain to your wife why your son didn't make the team. Of course he's going in there. Auburn is number one. <laughs> On his agenda, but John Cohen is a true baseball guy, so he will be fighting very, very hard for everyone else. But, you know, y'all were talking about the older you get, and I think one of your – somebody put in the older you get, the more it means as we're talking about Memorial Day. Well, the older I get, I kind of laugh. Now, me and my dad can have conversations we couldn't have maybe 10 years ago. Common sense still rules, my dad told me my whole life. So – it's a good thing for Auburn to have your AD, especially a new AD who's trying to make sure his donors are really excited in the NIL world about what's happening there. So as I've been writing up who's getting them, I keep saying Auburn, and uh, my buddies go, how are they hosting? Well, let's go through the common sense side of it again. But what I'm trying to also <laughs> say is John Cohen's going to go in there and fight his tail off for the SEC. And that's a good thing in that regard because he yeah, believes I'll, in this conference. Now, yes, he does. There is a Gamecock on the committee or a game, someone Gamecock adjacent, let's say. I got uh, you. University <laughs> of San Diego uh, athletic director, Bill McGillis. Yeah, Will's dad. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't so, know how much that'll play a factor, but, you know, like you said, common well, sense. Would, would he have to recuse himself? Well, I think John Cohen technically has to recuse himself too when discussing all. Well, I always laugh. That's Tanner. Technically, you know, always said recuse yourself. I always laughed. I said, "Does that mean you just stand at the door and say everything (laughs) that you want to say, and then you shut the door and go outside?" I don't know what recuse yourself when you're in a hotel and you're (laughs) together. Come on, we recuse ourselves. Speak loudly in the hallway. Yeah, you're outside. A big glass against the door, trying to. <laughs> yeah, who has the job of recusing Coach Tanner from the room? Because that's—I don't want that. Game. Yeah, I, I wanted to see that. I mean, that—I could just, but I did always joke. I could see him with the big glass against the door, trying to hear who 
didn't go his way. So when the recusal ended, he could go in and, you know, no. But now it's a, I do feel that South Carolina, the SEC is going to be really well represented, but it just becomes a case of how many spots are left. Cause I really do feel like Alabama and they got a sympathetic story going. Yeah. Uh, we all know what they've gone through. You said Southern Miss. Hey, their coach is a really good dude and a friend of mine. He didn't announce his retirement when he did just by chance. <laughs> but now he has that, man, this is his last season. Let Southern Miss is one on a roll. They won their conference. We know what that community does. That's mm. Hey, there's some smart people you know, doing stuff. And, and I just think a lot of those teams start to pluck things away from you. As you said, you know, they got to give the big 12. They had a three-headed co-champion. Yep. So, you know, at least one's getting it. You're probably thinking two of them are going to get it. I don't think they'll still get three. Maybe somehow that works out. But then Coastal, you know, Coastal's kind of a wild card. They're getting one. I mean, they're, they're still in the hunt to be a top eight seed. So, as you write your 16 names down, all of a sudden you start going, holy cow, there ain't many places left, you know, to get those teams in. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I, I, I in, in Boston, yeah, I don't know. We'll just have to see. Okay, so to the to the injuries, I, mean, I could I could go in these scenarios all day because there's so I many mean, data points. To, to send them to Boston College, see what happens. Uh, that, that's hey, I said here you this know, morning, y'all, you, I'll be honest. You know, we got sent to East Carolina a couple of years ago, and it might have been the best thing to have them. Unfortunately, we hit a hot Auburn team that, you know, weren't able to win that Super Regional. But I'm at the point now, I, I would spend less time worrying about wouldas and couldas except what's in front of you. Right now, you got everything in front of you. If they send me to Boston College, let's go. Let's go. It's a new experience for our fans. It's a new experience for our team. Do I want to play at Founders Park? Hell, yeah. There's no question in my mind you're a better team when you get to play at home. I've done it. At, but I've been swept at Ole Miss, and I've lost regionals here. It doesn't mean you're guaranteed anything either. What you have to do in this is start looking at who are we matching up with, who's that means in our regional, who are we matched against in a super regional. So sometimes those blessings, you know, as Garth Brooks would say, those unanswered prayers are sometimes you find yourself. Ole Miss last year, you think they – we're excited to go to Miami beside the fact they got in. Miami was hot at the time and went completely cold because, mm-hmm. if you remember, a rain situation came in. And they ended up playing like on Monday and Tuesday trying to finish a regional. And I talked to the Ole Miss coaches, and they were like, there was no one there. It was like yeah. playing at a neutral site during COVID. And it was just totally wiped away from any home field advantage and – you know, and then the next thing you know, they get sent to Southern Miss and they win a re- – so I just think right now the biggest thing you do is you've kind of created this far. Like you said, JB, if you win 40 games, we're talking about something else. It's over. You know, yeah. and, and we're trying to pick who's in our regional. And right. we're trying to pick what national seed will we end up being. And now, because you didn't, we're sitting here in this. and But it'll work out. I feel like it's going – if you can get those guys back, that kind of sounds like I just hope, you know, as I make notes to talk to y'all, I just want to make sure Cole Messina's back. Right. I just oh, think yep. he's a crucial part oh. of getting him back. Coach, I, I hate to be the bold statement guy here, but I'll I'll just do it. It is I don't think they make it out of a regional without Cole Messina. 
I mean, for a lot of reasons, we've all we all should understand by now. I mean, he he's Coach King has continuously said it. He's the heart and soul of the team. He's also a damn good hitter, and he's a hell. He's the first team All SEC catcher. When's the, who was the last Gamecock to be first team All SEC? I don't think Griner was. Was he? Was Griner? No, I think back. I know um, first it, team. I, I mean, we may we go all the way back to Landon. Was it? I Landon? can't remember a first team SEC catcher. There's been so many good ones, but yeah, there's no question. I mean, he is a guy that held holds everyone in that locker room accountable, and you need him on the field. So that's what I've kind of been away a little bit. I didn't see when he got hit the day before and then the foul ball. You know, my son Hayden follows it really well. And and he told me, he goes, it was this is really a good one that got him on the foul ball. Yeah. That ended up getting him out. And I'm a huge concussion person because I've been through them in my life and at our age, y'all are talking about rub dirt on it. You remember <laughs> when the how it was back then with us. So I'm a big advocate of please make sure everything's good before you put him back in a game that's dealing with what we deal with. So, and I know they are. So hopefully with the time that you get now to the regional, that'll allow him to be back a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, you know, I talked to somebody on the, in the locker room yesterday, they feel like he's going to be back and okay. Yeah. But, and I'm sure you've talked to, somebody at some point as well yeah. but i think we'll we'll in the next 48 72 hours we'll have a little bit better idea on cole yeah. but um from a pitching standpoint coach one way or another they are in a regional wherever they play yeah. next week um i l- let me throw this at you jack mahoney eli jones james hicks one two three how's that sound i, I think you gotta put becker in a bullpen i just yeah. really i, I as I much baseball as i watch we just don't run left-handed pitchers out there and that's, to me, as much as you love having Becker, you know, maybe you throw him in game one of a regional and you don't game two and he can start game three if that's what you want to do. But, you know, gosh, I'm watching SOCOM baseball yesterday and Mercer ran out six left-handed pitchers in that crazy game I was doing. And I'm thinking South Carolina this year, I think, have run two, mm-hmm. you know, in that regard as I'm trying to think who would be the third one. And you finish a – series and you finish a conference tournament and you gotta have I think Becker becomes that guy in the bullpen and that's no anything on him as a starter I just think he could be a guy to help you well I do too I I think you can obviously he's proven you can do a lot of stuff with him um yeah Carolina is uh yeah that's it right Phipps and Becker those are the only two lefties that have pitched this year if I'm correct on that that's Um, who I had so um yeah, I, I I agree with you, and or or you know if they move Hicks up and drop Eli back, whatever yeah. it is. But I you know I, I just don't see any way that Hicks shouldn't be in the rotation. And Mahoney, regardless of what happened yesterday, is your best starter, and you yeah. got to throw him in game one because if you're a two seed, the three seeds t- top dog is going to be a guy who can beat you. Yes, and if you're a one seed, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But as you well know, coach teams that are struggling offensively, uh, seeing the top dog of a four seed. A lot of these four seeds, they're, they're ace. They're, they're probably a top five, top seven round draft pick. It's a guy who can beat you. So you got to have your best guy going. What are you seeing offensively? Um, 
you know, the Georgia game, they put the ball in play. They didn't strike out much, rolled over a lot of them, kind of topped them and dug them into the ground there, but they were able to, to scrape a bunch of runs across. And then the last couple of days, you look at all these other teams that have played in the league, they look like they're staying within themselves, kind of slapping the ball in the six hole, in the four hole, doing the things you need to do in a place like Hoover to win ball games. Yeah. Carolina, people keep using the word press. That's fine. I think if they were playing at Founders Park yesterday, there's two or three balls that would have left the yard, and that's a different ball game, but they weren't. Um, so, you know, what are you seeing offensively? And is there, is it a fix or is it just, they just need to take a break and decompress and then get back at it next weekend? Well, first of all, I promise you, I don't have the answers because if I did, I'd have shared them, <laughs> but I can give you an opinions and my opinions. Let's start at what you just said. That's where you end up. My regional is going to be so important. So if you can end up at home, then it obviously helps your offense because it's been geared all year on the home run. If you end up in a, a ballpark that I don't know what ballpark might be similar to Hoover because it's ginormous, but if you end up in a park like that, I think that is hard on this offense. I just, I don't see it, although we have at times seen them put three, four, maybe even five hits together. That really hasn't been the offense this year. The offense this year was when it was walks, hit by pitches, then the home run. And that early on was incredible. The, you know, the hit by pitches and the walks, those have really been down. I think teams really went away from, I think early on they would see your numbers and go, oh my God, we got to try to bust these guys in. And busting them in led to a lot of hit by pitches and it led to big innings. I haven't seen those things happening in these last few games, but you also got to realize too, in a regional, yes, you may have a good team, but you ain't facing Arkansas and LSU. And Florida and those teams in a region. So the pitching, no offense to other teams, but the pitching's probably gonna be a little less than what you just ran into at Texas AM and some of those teams as well. But I haven't watched them enough on TV. I called a few games towards the end and then I've just kind of got caught up in Hayden's games and different things. I, I just I've said with you and me and you've joked about it on here, all of us, I'm a consistent lineup guy, and that's the one thing that I do hope. As they go into regional, hey, just let's just let's just have that lineup. Let you know that, hey, dude, you're leading off. <laughs> we yeah. need you to get on base. Hey, man, you're hitting second. I don't care if you get hit, but I need that runner who got on. If we stole or we do something, that would be the main thing I would be trying to do right now. Is just really, really simplify and clarify your role in the offense. Write one lineup, and uh, you, we talked about it a few weeks ago. You know, I was the write the lineup guy for Coach Tanner. He'd write it on a post-it note and hand it to me. I could have done it 99% of the time without his post-it note because I knew what it was, you know, unless it was a game where he was trying to get a guy in or something. But that would be the thing if I were, you know, if anybody asked me, I'd just say, hey, let's just set that lineup and say, you know what, barring injury, this is what we're doing. This is your role. You're coming off the bench. You're the pinch runner. You're, and let's just go into that regional. Man, I would – I'm getting excited right now just thinking about having a chance to play in the postseason. That's, that's, this is the, my favorite time of the year. And they know come Monday, your name's going up on that screen. Yep. There, there's no doubt in my mind, your name's going up on that screen. And if they're sending you to Terry Hote or they're telling you you're at Founders Park, you got as good a chance to win that thing as the other 63 names that go up because we're playing baseball. Well, and they'll find out Sunday night if they're a regional host. 
Yes. Uh, the 16 regional hosts will be announced on on Sunday evening. So, you know, we'll um, – I guess we'll see from there, Coach. But uh, this time next week we will be talking about Carolina playing baseball uh, in the postseason. And they do have a chance. This – this we've what, – what, what's happened the last few weeks has been really difficult to watch. There's no doubt about it. Um, not going to dismiss this as – they are they are something or they're playing they they are they're something that they haven't been the last couple of weeks they they have not been good but i also watched them for 2 months before that and i know that they can be really good yeah. and um we've seen jack mahoney what he's done the last couple of weeks we saw the james hicks performance two or three solid pitching performances next weekend and a couple of bangers out of the yard and you're in a super regional yeah. Two games shy of Omaha, so yeah, we uh, this is a team that's capable of doing it, and and hopefully all the Gamecock fans will will really support these kids next week because they uh, they're ready to go and they need some they need some rest, but they're ready yeah. to go. So. Well, you get it, and you know, and they'll again. I agree with you. When that name pops up, you know you're five wins away from Omaha, yeah, and you're all back in it in the mix. And there's. That's the cool thing. So I'm excited to see it. Uh, I'm sure we'll know Sunday, as you said, if you get the host, and if you don't, you, you gotta. They gotta really regroup quick. I, I might be underselling to my team the importance right now of hosting. I might be like, I want to go on the road. I want to be the, you know, guys. Then if we host, I can go. All right, well, now we host, and you can Unpacked. just sell that one real easy. <laughs> if I was in that locker room right now, I'm saying send us on the road. Let us go play you and let you see why we should be hosting and why there should be eight and nine teams in this league because I know what this league stands for. I'd have a huge, huge chip on my shoulder, and I'd start putting that sucker on it today to get myself mentally ready because if you ain't mentally ready next week, then the next time we meet, you know, after next Friday, that's when it's no more chances. So go after them right now. Are they taking the weekend off? Do you know? I, I don't know. I, I uh, I'm back here in the office today at the Gamecock Club. I really hadn't talked to Billy or or Monty or any of them today. I've kind of, to be honest with you, stayed away a little bit to let them get back and kind of regroup because I know how it is. And somebody, I got a bunch of buddies that love to call me and go, "What happened?" So I've been there, and I don't want to be that guy that's going, "What happened?" or "What are we doing?" But I'll reach out to them probably later today, and just a sense more to check on, like Cole. Or check on some guys that just and really like we all do with each other. Just, hey man, I can't wait to see what happens Monday and you guys get going again because it's really there's no RPI Monday, there's no strength of schedule on Monday, there's no rankings, there's no more you know picking of where you, it's all real come Monday and man, there's nothing cooler as a coach than calling schools to say hey I need information on whoever when you're knowing you're playing in a region. That's one again. That's one of the things I miss, and that was one of the funnest days of the year when I got to call people to say, hey, I need stuff on Indiana State. Hey, we play, you know, Cal, or we play Arizona State, and it was just that's your way of saying we're there. So I'm excited for them. I put Scott Wingo in charge of this club starting today for the next few days. He's he's the – you would have no idea that you've had a rough couple of weeks if you're hanging out with Wingo the whole time. No, you would know they'd be late. To whatever meeting he set up. So that would be a surefire thing. He was always – Coach Tanner would get so mad, and I would hear stories about Wingo, and I was like, Coach, you love consistency. 
You're a guy that you just talk about consistency. Wingo screws up all the time for you. He's consistent. Stop getting so mad and just let him get on the field. So I'm with you. I might let him be in charge of the itineraries and agenda for at least the next few days. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, absolutely. <laughs> Coach, uh, what, what's the game plan today? What? Yeah. All right. <laughs> it would be interesting. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, or you ask him a question, you don't get an answer back for two weeks. And then he just responds like you're in the same conversation that you were two weeks ago. I always love yeah. those. Um, but um, again, consistent. Exactly. Yeah. You know what to expect with Scotty. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, man, I know we kept you for a really long time today, but um, certainly glad we did. Hopefully, uh, we get good news. We know they'll get some type of good news. And um, and then next week we'll be able to preview whatever regional they're in, wherever that is. Uh, Gamecock baseball back in the postseason, and that is certainly a good thing. Yes. And uh, in South Carolina, there's going to be postseason baseball over this state, as a matter of fact, this year. All over. Conway, Conway and Clemson included. Have a wonderful weekend, Coach. Uh, we say it's strange. You say happy Memorial Day weekend, but uh, knowing the person you are, we know that you'll honor those who served. And we certainly appreciate you joining us today. Well, thank you all. And again, I appreciate what y'all said because I've had members in my family and obviously friends in our community. So try to make sure like y'all did today that people understand what this represents this weekend. So appreciate it and appreciate everything y'all do for Gamecock Athletics. Thanks, Coach. Take care. We'll see you soon. Have a great weekend. Yes, sir. There you go. Coach Stuart Lake. It is 12 o'clock. We need to step aside for a timeout. We're painted garnet and black by a couple of painters. Let me paint something dot com hang tight inside the game cox the show memorial day version we'll be right back i don't know who you are i don't know what you want if you're looking for a karaoke partner i can tell you i can't carry a tune in a bucket but what i do have is a very specific set of skills hang up now and your it nightmares will continue but stay on the line and i will find you and when i find you i will fix it um Thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. He has a one-price, low-cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs, and I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So, yeah, 843-699-1001. This is 1002. Oh, well, thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Hey Gamecock fans, it's Evan Stowe from Gamecock Baseball. A couple of painters paint the show garnet and black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com for information and an estimate. Go Cox! You heard Evan Stone Gamecock fans 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. 
If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasporch.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more. They sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the Lowcountry. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey everyone, this is Jack Mahoney from Gamecock Baseball and inside the Gamecocks, the show is teed up every day by TravelingCountryClub.com. So if you all love golf, make sure you guys go check out their awesome membership options and go Cox. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring to you the third annual Plunder on Polly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Polly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event. And it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life your golf game. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Zachary Davis from Carolina Hoops, and you're watching the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox. Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show, second hour of the show, kicking off here with Chris Phillips of the Spurs Up show on the McKellar Enterprises guest line. In the mountains. Chris, good to see you this week. Yeah. yeah, man, I'm out in the woods somewhere. What's going on, guys? Appreciate you having me on. What's up? What is your exact location? Yes, yeah, so I'm in the great state of Ohio, believe it or not. So, like I said, out here in the, oh, the woods in a- Ohio, so that's the... Uh, Reason a, for no TDC today, hit the road, and I figured people probably didn't want to hear me rant about how we got one hit by a guy that uh, has a 70 RA for three hours. So, you know, <laughs> I'd spare us all. So, so you evacuated to Ohio. So you're the first South Carolinian to ever go to yeah. Ohio. Well, seeing some family, seeing some family. So this oh, is, uh, that's yeah. awesome. It's, I tell you what, it's beautiful out here, man. It's beautiful yeah. where I'm at. So I'm, I'm, there's, uh, a, there's a cougar behind you, man. Be careful. Yeah, dude, yeah, there's, there's, some wild, there's some wildlife <laughs> yeah. out here for sure. There's he said he was in Ohio, not sure. Charleston, JC. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh yeah, yeah. Wait, no, there might <laughs> be a big cat the back there, too. There might be. <laughs> I thought, I thought you were different. I, when I was in college, 
uh, Chris, one of my roommates. Well, y'all, everybody remembers Will Atwood, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Will used to go. He left every year to go hunt in Ohio, and he swore that he couldn't shoot a deer that big down here in South Carolina. That's why he drove up to Ohio every year to hunt. So interesting. I told That's him cool. I was like, "There's no way that you fit in up there from Piedmont, South Carolina." He said, "Believe it or not, I fit right in where yeah. I go." Yeah. So, yeah. anyways. All right, man. Well, um, so South Carolina is going to find out on Sunday night if they're hosting, and then they'll find out their seed or their uh, the the bracket on Monday. Uh, Chris, do you think they're hosting? Do I think they deserve to? Yes. Do I think they will? Probably not. Um, you know, I think perception is is plays a big part in it, and I think the Gamecocks have. Done enough in the SEC, the best conference in college baseball. You know, it's just unfortunate that if you, you know, it's not about how you start, it's about how you finish. We all know that. And if you flip-flop the way Carolina's season went, you know, with a strong finish, I think the perception of them as a host going into the uh, selection Sunday and, and then Monday is totally different. But, you know, D1Baseball.com just dropped their projected field of 64. They got the Gamecocks at two going to the Boston College Regional. And I know that, you know, their word may not be gold, but those guys generally know what they're talking about. So I, I just think because of the – you know, the finish down the stretch, obviously. And then, yeah, you beat Georgia. But I, I think – I'm not sure if it was you guys that posted it either or somebody else, but I think the Gamecocks, they said, went like 14 and 15 this season against teams that are regional teams, basically. So, um, you know, I think when you just combine the finish and the performance in the SEC tournament, which, again, got off to a hot start, but, you know, getting one hit by A&M yesterday and falling the way you did, I think they're probably going to go on the road, which is, it, you know – it's tough to stomach. I mean, realistically, it just is after the season you've had to think that Carolina is still going to have to go on the road this postseason. So I think they deserve to host. Do I think they're one of the best 16 teams in college baseball? And I think when you look at their body of work as a whole, I mean, I know the last month, month and a half or so is it's tough to ignore. And I'm really not trying to sit here and beat the drum for Mark Kingston or beat the drum for, for anything. I just think realistically, I think when you look at what they did in the SEC, you have to think about the entire body of work and, I mean, I feel like they did enough. You win 17 games in the SEC, including that game against Georgia. Uh, you feel like it's enough, but, I mean, you know, listen, guys, the Gamecocks have, unfortunately, nobody blaming themselves. I mean, all you had to do was play average baseball over the last couple of weeks, and you just couldn't do it. So now they'll, they'll find out their fate. It's, it's a shame you've left your fate in the hands of the committee in the first place. Yeah, I, it, it, it is. It's tough to stomach it. Um, I, I think that – Coach Lake hit on something earlier. It's really going to come down to who on the committee uses what data point to help prop you up. Because let's say let's say they were healthy, hundred percent healthy the last month, and they finished this way. There's no way they'd be a top sixteen, but right. they have left the door open for that because they, number one, they had done so much at that point. I mean, they were widely considered as a possible number one team in the nation, and. Number two, the one thing about baseball committees, as we've learned over the years, Chris, is that they do take the extracurriculars heavily into consideration if it will affect the postseason. And what I mean by that is Carolina has been trying to get guys back, and they feel like they're right. They already have, of course, gotten some guys back, and now they feel like they're going to be getting a couple of more guys back next weekend in, in correlation with the postseason. So had they slipped without all these injuries, I don't think they'd have a case. But because they've had all the injuries that have gone along with this slide from a record standpoint, and they feel like they're going to be, quote-unquote, mostly healthy by the time the regional rolls around, 
I do think that there is going to be a portion of the committee that heavily uses that as a data point for this conversation on Sunday. It's just a matter of whether that wins out and whether other teams win their way in Mm -hmm. Southern Miss, for instance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jamie, you make great points in regards to what does the committee value? Because you look at like RPI, strength of schedule, you know, those are things that obviously favor the Gamecocks. If they look at, for example, you know, your series record in SEC series four, five, and one, uh, that doesn't favor you. So to your point, you also think about the brand of South Carolina baseball and the optics of them hosting a regional and, and why that's good for college baseball as a whole. Um, and like you mentioned, too, the fact that they look at the the injury bug. And obviously this was a team that we're not trying to make excuses. It's just a fact. Uh, they were not 100% really at any point over the last month. So you, you make a great point, JB, in regards to just – it's just what does the committee value. And I feel like it's funny. We're talking about like March Madness or something. But it's really similar, obviously, with the field of 64. Um, but what, what do they put stock in? Because I think there's no doubt. I think everybody agrees that when this team is – I don't even know if playing their best is the right way to phrase it, but playing good baseball and they're 110% healthy, they're definitely one of the best 16 teams. But, you know, uh, what are you rewarded for? What are you punished for? I mean, I think that's going to be the big question. But, you know, unfortunately, guys, right now, I don't know. I I feel like maybe I'm just – I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I think I'm just bracing for impact. That is the reality that South Carolina, there's a good chance they could be going on the road this postseason. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I I agree. Go ahead. Go ahead. My thing, my thing about it is, hey, you, you want to send them to Coastal or Boston College or uh, Indiana State? Go ahead, see what happens. I mean, I, 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 I will say to your point, you know. yeah, to your point, JC, that Boston College regional looked really favorable. I mean, I know BC is <laughs> a good team, but Northeastern and Loyola Marymount. I mean, I, I'd like Carolina's chances in that. Yeah. I, I, I think so. I mean, it's a, it's just a different animal with an SEC team, and maybe maybe that would be good for them rather than having the pressure of winning at home. You know, you get out, you get in a new environment somewhere. That's, I mean, South Carolina typically historic historic. I can't remember. I mean, they really don't get sent out to exotic regionals. I mean, Clemson, I think in Jack Leggett's last year, got sent to Long Beach State, but South Carolina really, when they've been sent, it's been like Georgia Tech, Virginia. East Carolina, East Carolina one year. Uh, well, Kingston you know, that won that regional is his first year in 2018. Yeah, and they went to Arkansas. <laughs> Actually, there, there's something very similar this year. Uh, it, let's say it all played out, and it won't. But let's say it all played out, Chris, the way that it's set up now. They would head to BC, and if if they went up there and won the regional, guess where they go? Fayetteville, Arkansas, to take on the Razorbacks <laughs> once again. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know that that's a place where you really want to be in a super. Um, but, you know, I'll be honest with you. I don't know that you want to be in <laughs> – as a matter of fact, I can tell you where I wouldn't want to be in a super. Three, four, and five. I wouldn't want to be there. I wouldn't want to be in Baton Rouge, and I would not want to go to Clemson, although the competitor in me says bring it on and let's end their season on their home turf. I don't know. Clemson is the hottest team in college baseball. I'd much rather be set up with Wake at one or Florida at two. Give me Gainesville in the Supers because there ain't nobody that goes to those games down there anyway. <laughs> it's a very good point. Yeah, they, they've struggled, too, just in getting out of the regionals, much less the Supers. But uh, I agree yeah. with you, JV. You know, it's funny that the competitor in me as well says, hey, let's, you know, if the season's going to go out, let's go out in flames, right? Let's go out in glory with that Super Regional at Clemson. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, obviously, the – the uh, the opportunity to end their season on their home field, but of course you run the risk of if you lose that one, it's it's going to be oh. even tougher to stomach, right? Losing in a super. So 
Um, it, it's going to be interesting, really interesting to see where it all falls and where it all shakes out and just how the field of 64 comes out. But, uh, you know, it, it's – I'll say this. If South Carolina can somehow – if they're picked as one of the 16, it would be huge because we all know, guys, I don't have to tell you, and I don't have the numbers pulled up in front of me, but the the – advantage or the statistics, what they say in regards to the teams that go to Omaha in advance, you know, hosting's a very big deal and playing on your home field is a very big deal. And we all know what postseason baseball at Founders Park feels like. So uh, maybe something crazy can happen. Again, right now I'm just kind of bracing for impact and the, the latest projections aren't favorable, but maybe something can happen uh, over the next couple of days that can that can shake things up a little bit. But uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I would say this, the Boston College Regional would be favorable. It'd, it'd be a very interesting site, like you guys mentioned, because I feel like it's been Kept fairly regional for the Gamecocks. I mean, you know, you see like Vandy getting shipped out to Oregon a lot, which is a really weird thing. But, um, you know, if wherever they go, man, the goal is to win. So, Hey, Monty, a couple of years ago when, when Monty was coaching at Clemson, uh, they played up there and it was so cold. He said he was standing so close to the heater in the dugout that it caught his pants on fire. <laughs> Gosh, he said he smelled something burning, and someone said, "Oh, sh- Monty, turn around!" And there was flames coming up on his ass, and uh, so he had to go get a new pair of pants. Uh, that's, uh, of course, playing Boston College in like March, uh, not in June. You would like to think it'd be a little bit better, but who knows? In Beantown, then rotation-wise, Chris, what would you? What would after what we've seen the last couple of weeks? Some performances by Mahoney and Hicks. What would your rotation look like today? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Hicks is the big one that I'm like, you know, do, do you want to slide him in there? I mean, I, I like what Eli Jones is giving you. Um, yes, absolutely. And there's a reason Mark Kingston and Justin Parker are getting paid the big bucks to make those decisions because, uh, you know, I, I'd probably still stick with the rotation you've been going with. I think maybe maybe you slide a Hicks in, in that Sunday spot where Matthew Becker's been, or that game three spot, if you will. What do you do with Will Sanders? I, I will say this. I heard uh, Derek and Tommy talking about this on, on the post game yesterday. Uh, I would not slide, obviously, Will Sanders in that top three, if you will. I, I think that just because of his absence, him being out, I think you're asking way too much of him in that spot. But uh, does he come out of the bullpen? Is he that number four guy? You know, what have you. Getting him back will be huge either way. But, you know, I, I like Eli Jones in that game one spot. I, I don't I don't look at any, any of his performances and say that Eli Jones has done anything to lose South kind of baseball games. I think he's done the baseball really, really well. Um, hasn't been perfect by any means, but you're not asking that of him. So, um, and then you know what you're getting out of Jack Mahoney. And I, I, I'd like to see James Six probably in that game three role, but Matthew Becker obviously coming out of the pen or being another starter is going to be uh, a pivotal piece for this team. So, I mean, you got to get really creative, guys. I think a lot of it could depend on matchups too, especially you look at a team like South Carolina who – I mean, let's be honest, they just don't have truly that bona fide number one where it's like, well, I don't give a darn who we're playing. Paul Skeens is throwing game one. You know what I mean? Like, they don't have that guy. So I think they can get really, really creative and really crafty and depending on the matchups. And we know Mark Kingston, he loves analytics and he loves looking at matchups. So uh, maybe depending on the lineup, you know, that 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 determines who you go with. But, uh, you know, I'm a big believer, guys. I'll say this, too, just a bit of a side note. I, I believe in throwing your best available and doing everything you can to win that game in front of you because tomorrow will take care of tomorrow. you got to take care of today. I've never understood teams that, well, let's save our, our, let's save our best or what have you because, you know, in theory, if it works, you're a genius. But if it doesn't, hey, you, you know, you're just really, um, I don't know, you're putting yourself behind the eight ball, and I hate approaching it like that. So I, I'd rather throw your best available, but I, I do like Eli Jones in that game one spot. But I think a lot of it's going to be dependent on matchups. I think that's the way Mark Kingston will, uh, will approach it. <laughs> Well, I think that's what made Coach Tanner so great. I, 
I I would actually, Chris. I think that Jack Mahoney is probably a guy. This is just my opinion. Probably a guy who they need to flip to game one, regardless of what happened yesterday. Just because offensively, until this thing, if it can get back on the tracks, they they just can't give up any runs. And although Eli has given up, has given you quality start after quality start the last couple of weeks, four runs right now, and you're getting beat. So. You know, you got to roll the dice in game one. Carolina cannot, in a regional, they can't play themselves out of a loser's bracket. They don't have the arms anymore. Think about how many innings they're missing, right? Noah Hall, that's seven guaranteed. Jerzenbeck, three, four innings. Will Sanders, if he comes back, that's great. But he Hall and Sanders were starters, okay? So you're talking about those two and Jerzenbeck. You're talking about 17 or 18 innings a weekend. That's two games of arms that aren't giving you that anymore. So now you're having to go to other guys and find other answers, right? And so you go to Mahoney in game one, and then you put the cherry on top of this conversation with, this is all irrelevant if Coleman Cena ain't catching. No offense to Jonathan French, but, I mean, there is a night and day difference when he's behind the plate. Yeah. No, for sure he's the captain, man. I mean, Cole Messina, I think Kingston mentioned he's the heart and soul of this team. He's the heartbeat of this team. And uh, it's it's no doubt. I mean, it's no slight to Jonathan French. But Cole Messina is your dude for a reason. He's done such a great job of handling this pitching staff when he's in there, which has basically been the entire season. And like you mentioned, JB, you just you see the difference. Um, I, I agree with you, too, though. I'd, I'd like to see Jack in that game one slot. Um, he's a bulldog, man. He's a competitor. He's a tone setter. And, and like you mentioned, JB, unfortunately, we're kind of back to the point where – if you get down three or four nothing, it, it feels like this unsurmountable lead, and I hate to feel that way, but, you know, you just kind of go off what you've seen swinging a stick, and, and that's just where we are. So you're right, man. You need a guy like Jack Mahoney, like the guy we saw in Fayetteville, like the guy we saw against Tennessee who can go out and give, give up one run or less or no run runs or what have you and, you know, just kind of keep this thing at bay until the offense figures it out, gets it going, gets some breaks, whatever it is. So, um, And I do agree with you, too, man. It's You know, we talked all season long in the preseason about pitching depth and how that was this team's strength. And because of injuries, man, I found myself like, God, who's coming in? Like, who's going to come out of the bullpen? Like, I, I know. You know, you got you got Austin, you got Veach, and then a bunch of guys that are capable just haven't thrown a lot, though. I mean, you know what I mean? So um, it's crazy where you're at right now, but that's, you know, Baseball's a funny game, and it's a long season, and you can get to this point. Unfortunately, the injury bug has not bit you to the level it did last year, but it's definitely bit you once again because you think you think where this team would be right now, even with the hitting woes, if they had Noah Hall, if they had Will Sanders, if uh, you know, if they had Eli Jerzenbeck. You know, I, I know nobody gets through a season unscathed, but if you had those guys, we'd be having a much different conversation. I feel so, um, but you got to do what you can, what you got. And JB, I, I don't disagree with you. I think Jack Mahoney in Game One. Uh, could be a good move. Again, he's just that tone setter. He's a competitor. I mean, I love his moxie on the mound, obviously. And uh, at this point, he probably does give you the best chance to win. Yeah, I think so. And I and I and what you were saying earlier, I, I don't think there's – none of those three guys have given – Hicks has earned his way in to the rotation. Mm-hmm. Jones has done nothing at all to earn his way out. And Mahoney has been in it all year, and it's only gotten better with him. I, I just don't see any way that that staff could take Will Sanders and plug him right in without creating a big freaking issue in that locker room. And I'll leave no, that there, no, I, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think so either. I don't think so either. I mean, listen, I we all like Will, and you know what he's capable of. But, I mean, it's also, too, just the fact that he's rusty, man. He's missed a couple of weeks. Like, even if he was pitching well this season, like, I wouldn't say that – 
plugging him back in like that would, you know, I would feel kind of iffy about it. But definitely when you think about the way he's thrown the baseball too, nah, man, I, I think you've got to you got to go with the guys who have been in the trenches over the last couple of weeks, over the last month, if you will, and have been you know, throwing quality innings. And you try to fit in Will how you can, but it, it's not in those first couple of games. Well, we'll see. Certainly we'll see. Uh, we'll know in, what, guys, 48, 54 hours? Yeah. Or and I will say, side note, you know, who knows what the fate is because Baseball America apparently just dropped their projections. They, they've got the Gamecocks hosting as a 14. So, I mean, who knows? You know, And, again, I'm not saying these publications, like their word is gold, but, you know, they get paid to do it. They do it for a living. They somewhat know what they're talking about. So it'll be interesting, guys. And, you know, I'm just keeping my fingers crossed, and I'm hoping that maybe – RPI, strength of schedule, you know, big, bad SEC team, Founders Park, that sort of carries the Gamecocks into a, a hosting conversation. So what will the committee value? That's the question. I, I Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I I don't know. I, I, I know this. If Southern Miss continues to do what they're doing and they get sent to Baton Rouge as a two seed, they got screwed because they're they're they haven't lost a game in like a month or more. <laughs> I mean, they're rolling, dude. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see, Chris. But uh, nonetheless, I know this. When we cut the mics on on Tuesday, uh, we will be discussing South Carolina's regional, whether it's home or whether it is away. Enjoy the, quote, great state of Ohio and uh, safe travels back to the wonderful state of South Carolina. I'll definitely, guys, be talking crap to any Buckeye fans if I see them, right? So, I appreciate you <laughs> yeah. guys. You need to chant, Brewer, Brewer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, still, they still have nightmares. Still have nightmares. <laughs> yep, I love that's right. Hi, right, boys. Y'all be good. Take care. All right, man. Thanks. You too, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, old Ryan. Mm-hmm. Man. Scourge this, of the Buckeyes. <laughs> this may be one of those uh, running out of runs type of things that come out of my head. But, like, just looking at a record, okay, and uh, uh, baseball or basketball, right, 40 and 19 looks so much better than 39 and 20. It's only one game difference. Oh. Yeah. But 40, yeah. 40, think about it. If you just glance at, oh, 40 and 19 or, oh, 39 and 20. 39 and 20 is kind of ugly looking, you know. 40 and 19 looks, it's one game. Uh, just like in basketball, I think if you're 20 and nine, it looks a lot better than 19 and 10. Yeah. Well, so it's and, and nine just implies of, almost, you know, it's like, yeah, almost got there, you know, but you couldn't yeah, quite do it, you know, yeah. In a hair split. <laughs> Not when I was in school. Like there was this. a nine in front of it when I was in school. I was the happiest kid on campus. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It, it, nine. It's weird. I mean, it, it is, it's, you know, 76 as JC, it's weird, but true, but it is weird. I mean, it's 39 mm-hmm. and 20 is ugly. Uh, by the way, I think we've been saying on the show, Kingston's never won 40 in a season. He did. I've never said that. It, That's it, not true. I, I know. <laughs> he, uh, he did. Uh, I think yeah. I may have backed somebody up on that. He, he did one time at, at South Florida his yeah. last year. Not at Carolina, uh, he hasn't. But Before he, he took the – yeah, but yeah. He, he did win 42, went 42 and 19 at uh, – right. see, there's a beautiful-looking record, 42 and 19. But yeah. – uh, before he took the job here, so that I wanted to correct that because I think I, I like thought that or something, but he did win forty one. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm almost to the point, guys, that like I said, I've been saying this since yesterday. Or, or really, when was it? Wednesday. 
Send Carolina to Boston College. See what happens. Gamecocks have only been on the road for a regional, uh, starting with the Tanner era, and the we'll go with the 64-team format because they used to have six-team regionals, and Tanner took the Gamecocks there to Coral Gables in 98. Mm-hmm. Uh, gave a good run, run at it, but um, ultimately lost. So he gets into Georgia Tech in 03. They won that one. They get to Charlottesville in 06. They won that one. They lost in Raleigh in 08. They lost in Greenville in 09. Then they won in Greenville in 2018. So it's it's been a while since they've been um, sent on the road uh, for the first round. And so, yeah. uh, but they've they've had success going on the road and, and winning. I mean, Mark Kingston, that's the only regional he's won since he's been here. He's on the road. And they made quick work of, of the Pirates and UNC, I think it was UNC Wilmington was the other team up there that they beat. So, yep. and uh, took Arkansas to the final game of the Super. So, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But um, I, uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I don't. I'm not going to be devastated if they don't host. I think it may actually work out best uh, for them. No, I won't be devastated either. Although. Uh, it would be a good thing to host. We'll hit a timeout. I'll tell you why when we return here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show powered by our friends, everybody's friends, at Electric Bikes of Charleston. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271. Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Cool Joe Leo. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasporch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. Endless summer. Go Tiger. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find a West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone sent you. This is Coleman from the Yardcocks. Electric Bikes of Charleston powers inside the Gamecocks, the show. Be sure to check them out online or in Mount Pleasant.
Go Gamecocks. Welcome, welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show, Memorial Day show, bearing in mind and honoring and remembering all those who gave the ultimate sacrifice for our country and our freedoms. I'll tell you what. Talk about stupid things like baseball. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll tell you what. So here's the thing with with this, um, this team is built for something like Founders Park, okay? They, they, they just are. I mean, again, I mentioned it yesterday, like had they been – and I'm not saying that I necessarily agree with how offensively they're set up. I, I, I don't, actually. Um, you watch these other teams, they slap it in the six hole, slap it in the four hole, and they, they can do a lot, of, a lot of different stuff up and down the lineup. Guys are comfortable in their roles. You know, ours is more of a – you know, power game as opposed to the last couple of years when you hit the solo home run. This team's hit a lot of two, three run home runs and grand slams and things like that, taking advantage of mistakes, which they've done a nice job of. But being in a place like Founders Park, number one, home is a comfortable thing. Number two, it sets up with who they are offensively. And I'm not exactly sure, you know, like what uh, some of these other ballparks would be like playing in a place like Boston College or, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know where else they could send them, Miami or a Southern Miss or, you know, I know if they went to a place like Coastal Carolina, it would suit well because the ball flies, flies, flies out of there. Uh, very much more so than it even does in Columbia. I mean, it flies out of Springs, Springsbrook Stadium. So I think it it does matter if they're not home. Um, but I agree with what Coach Lake said earlier in the fact that you just need to prepare your team, just prepare your team to get ready to go. And if you get surprised with a home regional, then it's it's like that, um, you know, uh, under under promise over deliver type thing, where it's like, oh, okay, unpack your bags, boys. You did enough. We're staying home. Um, so, you know, from, from, with the issues they're having offensively, I think that it really works in their favor to play in a ballpark that they know how to hit in, which they know how to hit, of course, in Founders Ball, in Founders Park. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, you can't guarantee the way the wind blows or, you know, normally and things like that in other stadiums, but, uh, you just hope it's not as, you know, large a place as Hoover, um, because those ones that they're, you know, catching on us on the warning track would have been out. Oh, about. gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, they'd have been, yeah, <laughs> they'd been kids playing with the ball in the grass. <laughs> exactly. You know, and that's the thing is, is there was, I think Casas hit one. And, and, and that's kind of another thing here that, that is really, you know, I just texted somebody this a little bit ago that has really been frustrating for me. Uh, you go back to April, even if you would have told me then that on May 26th, Memorial Day weekend, you literally would have goose eggs in your lineup from Gavin Casas, Caleb Denny, and Carson Horning. I would have thought, what, what is, you know, what is this guy smoking here? I mean, these guys coming into the year, Whittle said it, 
I'm not going to put words in his mouth. I, I can't remember word for word how he described it before the season, but he wasn't wrong when he said it. You know, he thought Carson Horning would probably be the best hitter on the ball club. I thought he'd be one of the best. I didn't know if he'd be the best, but based on what I'd heard, he'd be one of the better hitters on the club, top two or three guys. And he goes down and gets banged up. And outside of having an elite on base percentage, you know, he really has not swung it. Caleb Denny was on absolute fire. And then they move him to the leadoff spot. And from there, it's like he, he forgot how to hit. Uh, I think he's maybe had four or five hits since then at the most. Uh, one of them was a ball that went out of dead center field in Charleston against the Citadel. But prior to that, he was just special. And Gavin Costas hadn't hit in a month. So, I mean, he's been on 19 home runs for since I was, you know, 27. I'm 37 now. Feels like ten years. He, he and so, Wilbur both need to quit worrying about the umps. They they well, both their body well, and, language and, is terrible. I, I agree with the you there. But yeah, they need I, to block that out. Well, I, I agree with you totally. I, I'm I'm a big believer in that. You know, like the the call the other day on Casas was a joke. Okay, there's no doubt, and there are going to be those. And the call on Wimmer the other day was a joke. They got it to one one count when it should have been uh, should have been two zero. I get it. Okay, but like yesterday, I, I I won't say who it was, but I texted somebody who I was watching the game, former player, and I said, Wimmer, when he struck out on a ball in the dirt and he just turned around and started walking back to the dugout, I said, Braylon looks like he would rather be in a North Korea's, Korean prison camp than playing baseball right now. I'm not – and I don't think that that's true. I mean, he's one of the leaders on the team. He was bright and – Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed in game one when they beat Georgia, and he, he spoke like the leader, and I know that in that dugout that he is one. But the body language, to your point, J.C., when you see that, regardless of whether it is or is not affecting the guys in the dugout, it affects the people that are fringe baseball fans. Like, there's a lot of people, and I see all of you every day who, no, no disrespect, you know, just don't know a lot about the game. But when they see one of the stars of the team that drops his head and shoulders and walks back to the dugout and acts like he is disinterested in being there, it makes a lot of the fans look at this and say, well, this team has quit. Well, that's not true. But based on one or two actions by one of your best players, that's what it looks like. So I'm totally with you. I think that he's got to change that. If you want to be a leader, be a leader. Um, But you can't do stuff like that because the ripple effect is people who – don't know the ins and outs. We are fortunate enough to not only know the game, but know the people in the dugout. We understand it. We know what's going on. We know what isn't going on. Okay? There's some things you can talk about, some things you can't talk about. Those that don't have that type of insight and don't don't have that type of information, they only see it on TV. And what is that going to tell them? And then what are they going to tell somebody else? So it creates a chain reaction when that is not necessary. Uh, so hopefully they're able to regroup, and then we'll see what happens from there. All right. We ready for another break? Are we? No, we still got a couple of minutes, right? Yeah, a couple more. We we did get I, – I doubled up in the middle, so we're good. Oh, okay. Is- yeah, yeah, yeah. I made up for the second one there at noon, so we're, yeah. we're good to go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. so uh- – yeah, and I know Petri's pressing well, a little bit. I was glad to see him get off the the, the home run schneid at least uh, in Hoover and stuff. And he's hit Pet- the ball. I mean, you know, yeah. Petri's never Petri. The slump that he went into that 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 didn't 
that was nothing. I mean, this this guy, this guy, this cat. Let me t- let me tell you his last five games: one for two, two for two, one for three, one for three, zero oh for one. There ain't nothing wrong with that. So you know, yeah. he, he, his he's on base okay. percentage is probably over five hundred. Yeah, I, mean, I, I ain't worried. We ain't worry about Ethan Petrie. <laughs> you know, I, no disrespect to, to anything you're saying there, Craig. You know, he's right. He he's okay, and you can tell based on the pitches he takes. Uh, yeah, some, some, sometimes you're going to get fooled. These guys throw 100 miles an hour, then they crack off an 89 mile an hour slider. You're going to get fooled this time of the year. It's going to happen. But he's he's fine. You know, it's one. If you really want to get into like elite baseball stuff here, like what happened yesterday. Their approach, they, 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 how many, how many, all right, let me ask you a question. How many pitches do you think you realistically get to hit in a bat? This is not message board fodder. And let me tell you what I think about, but because I'm, you know, I've watched the game, so I can tell, no, no, no. I'm asking like legitimate questions here. Okay. How many pitches do hitters actually get to hit in an at bat in a game? Strikes, good pitches, mistake pitches right down the middle. How many do y'all think they really get to hit? Very few. Yeah, nothing. One, <laughs> two, three, maybe, right? Okay. You want to give them one in at bat? Okay. Without without the peanut gallery jumping in? I'm not I'm not trying to be a jerk, but you know what I'm saying. You can't miss it. You see what I'm saying? You can't miss it. Like when you are at this level and you get a fastball that is a mistake, 2-0, right down the wee-wee of the plate, you got to hammer it. But when I say hammer it, that doesn't mean that you've got to be trying to hit it out of the yard when you're down five to nothing because there is no such thing as a five-run home run, okay? So I think the approach has been bad. I think that they weren't hitting pitches early. In ca- like I had a dirty slider yesterday. thing was legit, right? He's going to get a lot of – he has been getting a lot of people out with that. I think he's given up 10 hits in his last 27 innings or something ridiculous. He's on fire. So – if he gets ahead of you with a slider, I mean, you got a tough at bat coming. You're just sitting there fouling off and trying to find something that's going to be a mistake. But if he's trying to get ahead of you with a fastball, you've got to be prepared to hit a mistake fastball. And they were they were missing those. Y'all notice that? Foul balls, loud foul balls that go straight behind you. They're missing those. You know who isn't missing them? Florida, LSU, Arkansas, the best teams in the league, right? Alabama, look what they're doing right now. But it also doesn't mean that they're hitting them all out of the yard, does it? Did Florida hit 12 home runs yesterday? No. Like, they are able to have a good approach and square up mistake pitches and get out there early in counts and not get buried behind in counts with with really good sliders and really good change-ups and things like that. And Carolina's approach has been off. So – you know, they, that is something they have to fix. Now, they have guys who are capable of doing it. But like Gavin Casas, back to what I was saying earlier, he's missing the pitches that he was hitting out of the yard. You know, Petri is missing, missing them as well, but not like, I mean, he's still hitting 380. You know, he's good enough when he's down in the count or behind in the count he's still good enough to adjust his approach and be able to do things, kind of keep his hands back, not get way out front. But Casas has got to be able to hit a mistake pitch. Cole Messina was missing a couple of those. Uh, Evan Stone missed a couple of more than a couple uh, this weekend. Why has Will Tippett been good? Because Will Tipp isn't 
Tippett hasn't missed mistakes. That's why he's been good. Are you you know the pit you know the the book on Evan Stone? You know what his book is? He hits mistake off speed. Well, that's good. But guess what? You also need to be able to hit mistake ninety four, or you can't hit. Okay, so like these are the issues that are that are going on here. Like they're missing mistakes. And you got to be able to hit them, and you only get so many chances. They're not going to throw you six mistakes in a row. You're going to get one 2-0 fastball that instead of painting the corner is right down the wee-wee of the plate, and you got to be able to freaking hammer it. And now that might mean it just goes right back up the middle for a single, but that's a lot better than swinging for the downs and fouling it off, and now you're 2-1, and now you swing on a 2-1 slider, and it's 2-2, and next thing you know you're looking at a fastball on the corner, and you're not happy about it. Well, you missed your pitch on 2-0. That's on you. So, you know, the approach needs some adjusting is, is what it needs. They get that right, they can beat anybody. We've already seen that. Look what they did against LSU. Um, but, but the last few weeks, there's been a lot to be desired there. Sorry for yeah. – wasn't trying to be a rant, but that's, that's, that's baseball. Like, that's the inside. Like, you want to talk about it? Let's talk about it. That's, that's what's going on. Yeah, that's why I was sitting there hoping when that, you know, high 90, 100-mile-an-hour fastball thrower – sent Petri on a four pitch walk. It's like, Oh man, just hurl a hundred and just get it close. <laughs> Cause I mean, contact with that kid. We saw what he did at the skeins, you know, it's like, that's exactly what you want. And he just, he didn't give him anything to hit and, and put him on, you know, base. That's the other side of it is that, you know, it's they're They're not taking the walks at the same rate they were earlier in the year. Um, and I don't know if that's just because the, you know, the they're f- figured out the hitters and and the mix, you know, to get these guys to, you know, swing at bad pitches. But the, like you said, JB, they're letting the good ones go, and they're either you know, whiffing them, or you know, just not even swinging. That's the thing that I think is so frustrating is that you know I know Casas went down a couple times just looking at strike three, you know, and that's just so aggravating. You know, I, and I, and some of them are borderline. I get it. You know, so you know, it, it, it was like you know ooh, that that would have been a hard one to to you know pull the trigger on. But I don't know. You got to you got to get something going. You no, just you do. To, mm-hmm. And you there's you know I mean you have to protect on two strike counts. Now again, mm-hmm. the one that cost us got called on him the other day that was so garbage. Like, that well, no, that was yeah. I mean, that, that the was, bad calls notwithstanding. That was yeah, terrible. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was but, an awful pitch. <laughs> and, and like, there's look. I know some coaches, guys that have that have taken scouting reports, threw them in the trash, just because they didn't even want their guys. They, they there was they were they were their guys were mentally roadblocking themselves. And it got to the point where scouting was becoming more than reacting or than just focusing on baseball. You know, like, you know, one of the great things that I I love to sit, you know, smoke and I, we watch a game, okay? And, and I know a lot about this game, but there's only so many Justin Smokes out there who can tell you what's going to happen two and three innings in advance of when it happens. It really is amazing, right? And, um, you know, we'll, we'll sit there and talk about throwing this and throwing that and, and guest pitches. JC, I do the, I text, text you back and forth all the time. I can tell you what's coming, you know, based on what the count is and what, I'm, what you're seeing this guy doing, you know, whatever it is. As detailed and as smart as a guy like Smoke is, 
I hate, hate, hate asking him for advice, like in baseball. Hey, man, how do you how do you hit a breaking ball? See it and hit it. Oh, <laughs> you know how do how do you hit a hundred mile an hour fastball? You just get your foot down and hit it. Well, yeah, but it's a hundred. So how do you do that, dude? Swing the bat. Quit being a Judy. Swing the bat and hit it. You know, like these guys. But but you see what I'm saying here? Like there is a lot of simple. It's 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 the hardest game in the world to play because when you field it at a 990 clip, you're an elite fielder. You field it at a 960 clip, you're a terrible infielder. 96 percent of the time, you make the play and you're terrible. But then offensively, if you only hit it 30 percent of the time, you're a Hall of Famer. And if you hit it 20% of the time, you're the worst thing ever. So 10% makes, you know, so it's the hardest game in the world to play, but there is a simplicity in there. Just see the freaking ball and hit it, you know, and quit thinking about all this other crap. And like guys, like when Petri was on fire, nobody could figure out what was going on. And and you, I think Jan might've said it one time in one of our chat boxes. He was like, he, Petri is unconscious. Yeah, pretty much. Like, there was literally nothing going through his head when he walked up to the plate. He was just walking up there, and it was just like, I'm going to see the ball out of the hand, and I'll hit it. And, you know, right now, I, I don't know if they're thinking too much or whatever it is, um, but a regional next week is going to be really interesting because you only have so much scouting on some of these guys. So a lot of it's going to be, okay, we just need to have our best nine guys in the lineup where we feel like they fit best, and they just need to go play. And let's see what happens. Just, yeah, go bash. Uh, Kevin makes a good point here, Jan's friend. Jan, by the way, dropped a Christmas vacation reference. I'm very, Where's the very, Tylenol? Well done. Yeah. <laughs> Holy. Where's the Tylenol? <laughs> uh, Kevin makes a good point. Wimmer being in the field to lock in, different player when he's playing defense. Probably Totally so. agree, Kevin. Probably Spot on. Engaged and he's Absolutely. probably about ready, would be my guess, because the hamstring – He's been back in the lineup, just hasn't been able to play the field. So the hamstring, hopefully, is okay. He's a really good defensive player too, and I, I think Braswell's been playing well in the middle of the infield as well. So that, that can oh, probably solidify great. that. And Tippett's been good too. Don't get me wrong on defense. Don't get me wrong, but uh, maybe that helps getting Wimmer back um, defensively, and he gets a little better at the plate. But yeah, that was a great breakdown, man. Um, well, I mean, I didn't mean and, to get carried away, but. No, I couldn't have said it. I couldn't. I can't talk like that about baseball. <laughs> well, uh, and, and I love the text when you say what's coming because I don't know. I'm like <laughs> fast. Uh, here's the pitch, and it's a it's a quick one. You know, I, I say if I was calling if I was calling a baseball game, like, yeah, it's a pretty it's a doozy there. You know, I yeah. I can't even, I can't. He's like Monty Slider curveball. I'm just like, you know it. Oh, oh, God. But yeah. Um, you know, so James says that's what he's asking yesterday. Do you want to host as this 15 or 16 and get placed somewhere or get placed somewhere like BC and and maybe match up with Clemson or anyone other than SEC schools? Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. You know, your super regional matchup. I, I think when you're kind of looking at that, well, I don't, I I don't think kinda... that's going to matter guys. I, I think, hold on now. I don't think that's really going to matter a whole lot here. You know, you're, you're talking about, only a couple of seeds. Either you're hosting it or you're going to it. Yeah. So either way, you're going to get matched up with one of those top seeds, whether you're hosting the regional or whether you're playing in the yeah, regional. They're right the there. They're, they're not going to get sent to like the, the like Wake Forest, the number one or no, number no, two no. seed or something. They're not going to. Now, what what I think you want to hope for is 
you want to get matched up opposite like a team like Wake Forest, uh, who has has had a great season, but they haven't been. I don't think they've been in the College World Series since they won the very first one back in, in the 1954. day, 1954. And yeah. you know, you, you kind of Gamecocks yeah, going to Winston Salem. I mean, you, you know, you, they're a great team, but you sort of like Carolina's chances. You know, with, with that, you don't want to play Arkansas, who's like nearly unbeatable at home. You know, you don't want to be matched up with Arkansas. Florida, maybe for the reasons JB mentioned, no on Vandy because it's weird, <laughs> you know, going up there and playing and you got that damn Whistler guy and the, the field and everything. But I don't know. We'll see if they host. I, You know, I, I tend to think that maybe the, 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 the path for success in the postseason for this team just may be better suited on the road, get away. You know, because there's the minute you start struggling at home, there's going to be a lot of, of felt negativity, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. you know, no, I also not. understand. I also understand reality, and that it's it's better to be at home. But I, you know, I don't know that going on the road is going to be terrible uh, or a, a season killer, uh, depending on where they get set. So we'll see. Uh, we will take our final time out of the afternoon on this Memorial Day weekend. Still one more surprise for all of you uh, to honor and remember those uh, of Memorial Day weekend. So don't go anywhere. We will wrap up our program with a few final thoughts and more when we return on Inside the Gamecocks of the Show, teed up by TravelingCountryClub.com. are quickly approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston Fitness Equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 806-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union we're building your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit the bar. TheBarndominiumCo.com. That's TheBarndominiumCo.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Ethan Petrie from Land Lakes, Florida. And you are listening to the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox. On deep drive to left. Morgan looks up and it is gone. Go two is sent to center, and this one is going to be long gone. Shot the opposite field from Casas, and it's gone. 
2-0. That's driven deep to left. Langford looks up, and it's gone. That's what they need more of. Yeah, yeah, we could definitely use some going yard here. You can envision that, you know, <laughs> if you get to uh, to host at home where you you get a four seed and you open up and you you bang one and you feel good about yourself. So mm-hmm. we'll just see. Next Wednesday, by the way, we are expected to learn the kick times for the first three weeks of the college football season. I know a couple of things were eased out yesterday by the SEC office. Uh, those were expected. Uh, nothing breaking the, there. The Egg Bowl always plays on Thanksgiving. Arkansas and Missouri always play on Friday. And they had a couple of other little things that um, that kind of moved around. But it uh, should be next Wednesday, guys, that we will know uh, where South Carolina and North Carolina will uh, kick off from a time slot standpoint. Same thing with Furman and Georgia here. My predictions, Florida. Uh, Florida. What the hell? North Carolina and South Carolina, which, by the way, I think the Gamecocks are the visiting team in that game. But North Carolina and South Carolina, 6 o'clock on ESPN, 7 o'clock for Furman plus. And Georgia and Carolina, I think, will draw the 330 CBS. I just think that will be the safer pick between them and Tennessee at Florida. Now you go 2-0, and oh, you probably will beat that. Unless Florida beats Utah, that's yeah, but it doesn't matter. This that the first game is already going to be. Oh, there are yeah, that's that's right. CBS will always announces the first one, so CBS loves that Florida Tennessee game though. So who knows? But yeah, I mean they they also tend to to televise Georgia South Carolina. I would, I think, uh, I think you're looking at seven thirty on ABC uh, kickoff for the the. Belt Bowl or the the maps the Belt Bowl. My God! Yeah. Hey, look. <laughs> Full disclosure. Hats off to this bowl because I love Belk and I love Duke's Mayo. So if they could combine it like the Belk Duke's Mayo Bowl, I'd be all good with that. Just keep the Mayo Bowl. Good things. Yeah, has an awesome social media department. By the way, the man the Duke's Mayonnaise Classic. That's what they call it. So. I think the Mayonnaise Classic will kick because it is an ACC home game, and they they. They're slotting more SEC games on because they're trying to get SEC fans used to that primetime kick on ABC. Uh, so I, I, I think there's a good shot with that. I think seven. I think you nailed it with Furman. I think it'll be a night game and streaming just because it feels that way. The last two home openers have been night and streaming, uh, and then three thirty CBS. If it's not, I probably you're looking at like a seven PM kickoff on ESPN primetime because. There's only three SEC games that weekend, and yep. the other one, Mississippi State and Auburn, or somebody I think is the other one, um, and so Carolina Georgia will be certainly. I mean, you know, CBS CBS also tends to take the the, the big teams, the chance to champion. You know, they'll they'll take a Georgia versus a South Carolina, maybe over a Tennessee and Florida if both of those teams are not as good, you know, that kind of thing. So that's it. Absolutely. Uh, Quantrell says he's more of a Dillard's guy himself. But shout out to <laughs> uh, hey, uh, I like Coles, okay. K-O-H-L-S. I'm a big I'm a, Coles I guy. like Dillard's. I'm a belt I like J.C. Penny. Okay. You know, I, I, I may be on the other side. Right, of this. I'm here so. all your way. 
people just wear sweatpants. If they're like, my fiance was saying the other day, she's like, when I met you, you wore khaki, khaki shorts and polo shirts and you're clean shaven. And now you wear sweat, you amble around in sweatpants and you've grown a beard. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, it's cold, babe, <laughs> you know, but uh, anyway, uh, people are asking Carolina did offer three 2025 quarterbacks, uh, including Will Wilson from Richland Northeast, uh, Deuce Knight from uh, Mississippi, who's the top dual, supposed to be the top dual threat guy in the country. Uh, and then um, Ryan Montgomery, probably a long shot, who, but he has visited a couple of times from Ohio, uh, real big on Ohio State, family's big on Ohio State. Uh, if I had to rank him, I'd probably rank Knight. Uh, Knight's the most interesting to me. Uh, one, uh, Montgomery two, and then Wilson three. But what Wilson's got some wheels. Uh, kind of reminds me a little, can I say this, uh, Woody Dantzler a little bit? Oh, with how he can run. Oh, here we Maybe go. Maybe not quite as dynamic. And I know his. I know his dad too. His dad's name's Walt Wilson. He actually was Alshon Jeffries' uh, high school football coach at Calhoun County. Walt Wilson. Yeah, that's his dad. That's his son, Will Wilson. So, I like the three offers. I, I think with Dante Reno coming in, and with Lenore Sellers on campus and Tanner Bailey on campus. You know, that 2025 quarterback slot, it may be a tough sell, but if anybody can do it, Dowell Loggins can. You just have to – you have to really sell it, though, because uh, – and and but, but, I, but I do think looking at kind of their strategy with it so far, they'll sign somebody good. I mean, it, Wilson's a little bit more developmental, so maybe you could afford to take him and develop him, you know, and in two years he's ready to go or whatever behind Reno and Sellers. So – that was just that uh, people were asking about it, so I wanted to kind of address that. Always good to sneak in a little recruiting at the end, right? No doubt. No doubt. And plenty of that uh, coming up as well because we do know next weekend starts visits. We'll get Hale in here and let him and JC just have a merry-go-round of recruiting conversation next week. Also next week, of course, when we cut the mics on on Monday we'll or Tuesday, Tuesday, uh, we will know exactly where South Carolina is playing. Again, they'll find out on Sunday evening. And then we'll know uh, on Monday what that will look like exactly from a bracket standpoint. And we also mentioned, of course, the big news coming next week for football is um, kick time. So very, very, very excited about that. Keep your eyes on Southern Miss this weekend. Keep your eyes on the Big 12 in Oklahoma State. And keep your eyes on Indiana State as well as things that could affect South Carolina's hosting chances as well as Boston College, who right now is getting thumped. Uh, last I checked, it was four to nothing uh, in the uh, Clemson game. Clemson just continues to play really, really, really well. Jamie, I'll try to make that. Uh, I know we've got some plans coming up on uh, on Monday uh, over on the Isle of Palms with our family, but um, if I can do it, I will swing by there for sure, my man. Uh, really appreciate the invite. Certainly appreciate Chris and Stuart Lake as well. Did you got something, JC? We got to. I had one more thing to everybody. Yep. Uh, go read Brandon Marcello on Twenty Four Seven Sports' recent update on the SEC scheduling thing. It looks like the goat has has fallen back into after years of clamoring for a nine game schedule. The goat apparently now wants eight. Saban. Oh, I say the goat. The goat wants eight. So this eight game schedule thing could happen, folks. Uh, I, I know South Carolina's on team eight schedule. Uh, they're not as militant about it as Kentucky. I mean, I, I don't think, I think either way they'd be Carolina's going to be fine. I think they would like to keep those home and homes with NC state, North Carolina, Virginia tech, Miami, they have coming up. Uh, but a lot of schools will have to get out of those types of games if they go to nine games. And that's a problem too. Uh, so I think at least maybe the, the first couple of years, Texas and Oklahoma are in the league 
we may see that one seven uh, matchup. And if that's the case, Carolina's one permanent opponent, there's really no other option. It's probably going to be Kentucky. So, you know, then you'll have seven and seven. That's a good drink, but I don't know if it's a great scheduling model. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so that's uh, keep your eye on that because that's something that everybody's kind of talking about right now behind the scenes uh, prior to SEC meetings, which will happen here pretty soon. So uh, that's another football thing to keep on your radar. Yeah, SEC uh, spring meetings begin May 30th on Tuesday. So uh, we will we will have plenty on that next week as well. Again, thanks to Chris and uh, Stuart Lake for joining us today. Uh, we'll keep our eyes on baseball this weekend and figure out where Carolina is headed or not headed. As always, thanks to Phil and JC, and we appreciate all of you who hung with our kind of a wonky schedule this week with Gamecock Baseball being at the SEC Tournament in Hoover. We are powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston, electricbikescharleston.com. We leave you with this Memorial Day weekend, of course, honoring and remembering those who served and sacrificed everything for our nation. We thank them and their families. We hope you enjoy. We'll see you at 11 11 o'clock Tuesday morning right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Sinorama Studios.